from Pennsylvania Avenue to Main Street, Scott Inez tackles the hot topics like only he can. It's time for Inez Says. Hi, hello. Welcome to the Inez Says Podcast. I am Scott Inez. Hope you had a great weekend. You can find the pod all over the place. Spotify, the WDBO app, WDBO.com. I'm also on the radio each and every morning on WDBO 107.3 FM and AM 580 in Orlando. With Orlando's morning news, 5 to 9 AM. Stream us there in the WDBO app. Did you ever wonder how politicians in Washington become so rich? Like, I'm reading this past weekend about House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and how last week she rejected the idea of barring members of Congress and their spouses from holding or trading individual stocks while in office. I also read about a recent poll that said that 76% of Americans, by the way, it's difficult to get as hyperpartisan Americans to agree on anything these days, but over three quarters of Americans asked about this in the poll conducted by The Hill last week believe that members of Congress should not be allowed to trade stocks while they're in office. 76% of voters believe that lawmakers and their spouses should not be allowed to trade stocks while serving in Congress and that they have an unfair advantage in the stock market, the poll says. Just 5% of voters approved of the practice, while another 19% offered no opinion whatsoever. The poll also found that disapproval of congressional stock trading is overwhelmingly bipartisan. 70% of Democrats, 78% of Republicans, and nearly 80, 80%, 80% of independents said members of Congress should not be able to trade stocks. And again, very rare, but this, is, this seems to be the one thing that we can agree upon. Those in Congress getting rich off trading stocks is wrong. It is dead wrong. Now, other polls have also found high levels of disapproval for congressional stock trading. The Campaign Legal Center commissioned a poll back in November finding that 67 percent of Americans favored banning members of Congress from owning stock in specific companies. And a Data for Progress poll from early in 2021 found that 67 percent of voters at least somewhat are supportive of banning members of Congress and their senior congressional staff from doing this kind of stuff, from buying and selling individual stocks. Now, those poll results obviously are at odds with Nancy Pelosi, who has rejected a stock trading ban for members of Congress. Pelosi last Wednesday was also asked about conflicted Congress, a five-month-long investigation by Insider that found that 52 members of Congress and 182 senior congressional staffers had violated the Stock Act, which is a law to prevent insider trading. The speaker said she had not seen the project, but added that it's important that members comply with the new law. Well, obviously, it's important for the members to comply with law. Now, Pelosi's position puts her at odds with the hard lefties like Senator Elizabeth Warren and Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who, by the way, has COVID. She was in Florida last week. She's got COVID as of this morning. Both of those lawmakers have called for barring members of Congress from trading stocks while in office. And on Tuesday of last week, Senator Warren told Insider that she had seen Insider's investigation calling out the brazenness of members and staffers trading stocks, even while having access to privileged information. Now, as you might know, Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul Pelosi, frequently trades significant numbers 
of stocks, and with her husband's assets considered, Pelosi ranks among the wealthiest members of Congress. So that made me wonder, how wealthy are some of these Washington politicians? I did the research. I knew the numbers were big, I must admit. I was even staggered by the scope of these numbers. A study published a few years ago showed then that 51 of the 100 senators were, like, filthy rich. An analysis of the personal financial disclosure data of 2019 found that 51 senators and their spouses had as much as $96 million personally invested in corporate stocks in five key sectors, communications, electronics, defense, energy and natural resources, finance, insurance, real estate, and health. The majority of these stocks come from public companies, some are private, but overall, these senators are invested in 338 companies, including tech firms such as Apple, Microsoft, oil and gas giants, including ExxonMobil, telecom companies like Verizon, and major defense contractors such as Boeing. And the five sectors looked at very, very closely here. So at least half of these senators are what I would label as filthy rich. Now, keep in mind, keep in mind here, a rank and file senator and congressional representative gets a salary of about $174,000 per year. That figure has remained the same since 2009 when lawmakers voted against raising their pay following the global financial crisis. Now, that goes up for the big wigs here. The Senate majority and minority leaders have a slightly higher salary, earning over $193,000 per year. Meanwhile, the Speaker of the House, who is Nancy Pelosi right now, gets $223,500 per year. Now, look, America's founding fathers believe that since congressmen, would typically be well off anyway, that they should serve for free out of a sense of duty. But back in the day, by the time the first U.S. Congress under the Constitution convened in 1789, members of both the House and the Senate were paid six bucks a day. Six bucks a day when they were actually in session, which was then rarely more than five months a year. So in essence, for seven months out of the year, these people were not paid. And I'm sure the founding fathers are rolling in their graves right now to see how some of these politicians are cashing in on their platforms. And look, these are really good salaries. OK, we're talking about one hundred and seventy four thousand dollars for the rank and file on Capitol Hill. Good salaries. Nothing to sneeze at. And I don't think anyone, me included, minds those who made their money before they went to Capitol Hill. Look, I'm a capitalist. Go for it, man. You got to make it while you can. I mean, heck, our our senator from Florida, Rick Scott, is the wealthiest member of Congress by far and away with an estimated $259 million in the bank. He made his money after creating one of the country's largest hospital networks, the Columbia Hospital Corporation. Then there's Senator Mark Warner of Virginia. He's worth 214 mil. He made his fortune as a technology and telecommunications investor and executive before entering politics. Okay, fine. I'm good with that. Congressman Greg Gianforti, a Montana Republican. He's the wealthiest member of the U.S. House of Representatives. He attributes a majority of his wealth to a software company that he built back in the 1980s. Good. Fine. Make your money, then go into public service. I think what I and what we on Main Street are concerned about is how are these career politicians the ones who have not made their fortunes in the private sector, how are they building fortunes in the public sector? The people like Nancy Pelosi, she and her husband have reportedly raked in as much as $30 million from bets on big tech firms. Pelosi is responsible for regulating. Late last month, Pelosi, 
disclosed that she and her husband scooped up millions in bullish call options for stocks including Google and Salesforce and Micron Technology. At the same time, some insiders say that she has slow-walked efforts to rein in big tech here. Now, days later, Pelosi brushed off worries about stock picking by lawmakers, claiming that it was part of the free market economy. But I think this kind of stock picking by our elected officials is very, very troublesome. Oh, did I mention that Nancy Pelosi and her husband are worth approximately $106 million? That's according to an analysis by the New York Post. That, to me, is very concerning. Again, don't have a problem with these lawmakers who made their money in the private sector, then decided to go to Washington. But what most of us have issues with here is the fact that fat cats, like Speaker Pelosi, are making bank as politicians. This was not how it was drawn up by the founding fathers. What's the answer? I'll give you the answer. Term limits. Term limits. Now, that's an entirely different podcast for another day, but term limit them all. Term limits so that one person cannot hold office for life, and so a variety of people can serve, and that way the system is protected. Term limits then eliminate career politicians, and thus the corruption that takes place around them. Term limits. That's the answer for the Nancy Pelosi's of the world getting rich in the public sector. That's going to do it for the Inez Says Podcast. I, as always, appreciate you being here. Hear me on the radio each and every morning with Orlando's Morning News, 5 to 9 a.m. on WDBO 107.3 FM and AM 580. I'll see you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.